Hello and welcome to episode 10 of the Liverpool Comedy Improv Cast with me, Ian Luke Jones. This is where we get to know the people who make up the LCI community, and today's guest is the fantastic Joe Ross. This podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and wherever else you get your podcasts. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a five-star review and subscribe to the show to give us a boost and help get our name out there. Now it's time to go off script and find out Joe's true story about making stuff up. Okay, let's welcome this week's guest. It's Joe. Welcome, Joe. Hi, Ian. Hello, thank you so much for joining me for the podcast. It's fun. I'm excited to get to find out all about you. I think the world is as well. <laughs> uh, so let's jump straight into all things improv. And I'm going to ask you, how did you get involved with Liverpool Comedy Improv? I got involved with them through the Everyman Playhouse. Because back before the dreaded C word, they were doing <laughs> courses at LCI was doing a course through the Everyman at the Everyman, obviously. And um, when the dreaded C hit, it all went online. And I got asked by members of staff at the Life Rooms if I wanted to join because they knew that I was good with drama and stuff and I'd done the course before. Yeah. And because obviously at at the time I wasn't up to travelling when it was at every man right but now that it's online i've been doing it then and then i'd done i think about six months worth online with emma and then found out that she did her evening classes and joined from there awesome so you mentioned the everyman theater there yeah can you tell me a little bit about the everyman i've heard about the everyman it's a theater i've never actually been to yeah it's a theater in queen square in liverpool Right. And there's many a theatre in Liverpool, and this is a small-ish theatre, rather than everyone thinks. Oh, I can't think of the name of it, but there is a big one in Liverpool, and the, but this the, is a small one. The Empire is that the big yeah, one? Yeah, that's the one. I couldn't yeah. think of the name. <laughs> so everybody thinks, oh, I'm going to a theatre in Liverpool. I'll either go there, but no, this this is just a small independent one. Okay, cool. Um. And with improv, were you aware of improv before you got into it about six months ago? Yes, I did um, drama and improv and stuff as a child okay. in a group called... Um, okay, my mind's gone blank now. <laughs> it happens to us all. Well, it was a group when I was younger. Okay. And... Um, we did all sorts of shows and stuff on the stage and I just loved it. So was that like a, a weekend thing, an evening thing? Yeah, no, it was like a Saturday morning. Like most people, most girls go to ballet class or cheerleading <laughs> or whatever. No, I went to acting. Yeah, I had a similar experience myself. Yeah. Chose that over the ballet. I've got two left feet. I did go to ballet and got told I've got two left feet. <laughs> it's a nightmare when I buy shoes. Uh, <laughs> it's a bit harsh to just say that to a child. Spoil their dreams there and then. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so with improv, 
have you been venturing into all the different types of improv? So the short form, long form, musical, and probably many more I've not mentioned. I've done short form and long form. I've not done musical yet. I have done a little bit. Like if we've, um, there's a game called Park Bench that I've done many a time with Sam George. He was obviously on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. And um, I came on pretending that I was a busker and trying to, and we were singing like, Beatles songs and stuff but oh, it was cool. just like a couple of lines but I've not actually explored into it properly is it something that you think you might look into yeah because um LCI have been running the musical improv course yeah but I didn't have the funds to do it last time but I'm gonna look into doing it next time it comes oh awesome I've heard good things about it yeah so have I and in the short time you've been doing improv what would you say improv means to you? It's a way of me getting a lot of stuff off my chest and out of my head in a creative way. Yeah. Because you can make up characters and you can put what's going on in your mind into that character, but still play the scene as well. Yeah. So like if you're feeling angry and you're tasked to be somebody angry, you can put that anger that's in yourself into your character oh excellent so in some ways it's it's a bit like therapy yeah yeah a little bit awesome but then it's also fun as well yeah i've I've heard lots of people say that they've discovered that this form of releasing whatever's inside them is is really quite therapeutic and a lot of people have turned to improv comedy especially since it's gone online for that reason yeah, it, it, I think it's also helped. I know it's helped me a lot with the isolation side of things. Yeah. As well, because I live alone. And obviously, with lockdown and everything, I hardly see anyone anymore. Yeah. So it's opened up a world. And when I say a world, I mean literally a world because you've got people from America, you've got people from India, you've got people from Japan, you've got people from. Thailand and everywhere playing so do you feel that in some ways you've got a busier social life than you've ever had yes definitely because that's how I feel it's the first year of what out of I first started using the diary when I was about 15 so it's the first year in 20 years that I've actually had to pick up a diary and fill it in oh wow just so that I can keep on track with everything that I'm doing (laughs) excellent it's good to keep yourself busy. Yeah. So when you first went to your to your first online improv session, what was going through your mind before you sort of switched the camera on? What did you think it was going to be like? And did what it was actually like, did it match your thoughts? Well, the first one that I did with the Playhouse, I was nervous, but then... Because I didn't put my camera on at first, I right. saw all these names popping up because obviously everyone's got the names on. I was like, oh, I know that name. I know that name. I know that name. So because I knew people that were doing it, yeah, it sort of calmed my nerves a bit. So I was able to then turn my camera on and I just went with it because I'm the sort of person that you say, the grass is pink. I'll be like, yeah, the sky's green. <laughs> cool. So, But then it was, I think it was the same when I did LCI that it was a bit nerve-wracking because I, um, Hannah McGowan had 
been doing the courses with the Everyman as well. And she'd right. told us about when she was on Extreme. So we'd watched a couple. So I'd started watching Extreme Improv first. And then because she was then on the LCI classes and so was Sam. Yeah. That was someone to like make me feel, yeah, I can do this because they're on here. So awesome. my nerves sort of went. And when when you first saw other people just sort of getting stuck into the games, what were, what was your opinion of other people? I was like, they're just as crazy as I am. <laughs> I can remember one of my first scenes. I told someone I loved them. And... So... <laughs> So with with people just doing it, did you assume that the people that you saw doing it, did you assume that they'd be doing it for a long time? Or did you think that some of them were in the same boat as you and just sort of starting new into it? Um, well, I thought because everyone had been saying hi to everyone when I first switched on, I thought, oh, well, these people know each other and uh, yeah. I don't know anyone. And so I thought because of that, I thought, well, they obviously know each other. They've obviously done it for a while. I didn't know how long. But I soon became part of the team. Excellent. And how long do you think you were doing improv? Maybe it happened straight away or maybe it happened a month or two into it. How long before you really felt like, oh, yeah, I get this. The pennies dropped and I really understand improv. I think because I've got the background of doing drama and improv, that I already had the penny had dropped and it was just... It was like relighting my fire, relighting that Kindle for and my love for it again. Awesome. And with the games that, that you play, just think in a short form at the moment, are there any games that you absolutely love and you would consider them, yeah, they're my top games? Um, I love doing the David Attenborough one where you've, someone pretends to be an animal and you've got two people being... Like yeah. David Attenborough, someone that studies nature and stuff, and you tell them things to do and quirky things to do, that's good. And there was one today that we did on a class with Emma that was, um, sorry, I'm late. Oh, okay. So someone's late to the office or whatever. And that person had been like off screen or out of the picture, whatever. And the other... There's four people in the scene. The other three, one's the boss and two are work colleagues. And they all, those three all know what the yeah. reasons are for being late. So only the boss can talk and the person who's late. The other two have got to mime the reason. Ah, awesome. And the person who's been late has got to guess what the reasons were. So that, that's really good as well. I've played that game in person, but I've not seen it done online. It sounds, sounds like it worked well. Yeah, it did. Awesome. And with long form, have have you done a lot of long form? And is it something that you are intrigued to get more into? I've not done a lot of long form. I did one class before Christmas just to see what it was like and to see if I'd get the bug for it. Yeah. And I really enjoyed that class because everybody made me feel welcome. And there was people on there that had been doing improv for a long while and there was a couple of faces from the short form classes so I felt at home and it is something that I want to continue doing because I want to just gain as much knowledge as I can yeah. in the improv. 
Awesome. Do you see yourself maybe being in a troupe one day? Maybe. I know um, me and Sam George have spoke about maybe setting one up. Awesome. So. Well, watch this space. Yeah. Uh, if if there's anyone that's listening to this and they've been thinking about improv, but they're not quite sure it's for them, what would you say to them to try and persuade them to give it a go? I'd say have a look at whose line is it anyway, because I think that's just a perfect place to start watching improv and having a laugh. And then if you're not sure, come and watch some other people doing it. Watch actual normal people, not celebrities doing it yeah i say normal in the not literal way i mean normal as in non-celebrities yeah because celebrities get celebrities get paid to act we don't that's true we just do it for fun yeah (laughs) and have you done much improv that is serious and and not relying on on humor not that i can think of okay so if you if you look more into long form you'll yeah. discover a, sort of a completely different side of of improv and there's lots of actors that i think would love improv especially long form improv but they're too scared to let go of the script and just give it a go yeah um moving forwards what do you think your improv future will look like well i'm hoping that me and sam george can get this improv troupe up and running and it's going to be an all-inclusive no boundaries at all and we're hoping to do it within the northwest so that people don't have to travel and stuff or people only have to travel an hour because um a lot of people that we know don't like traveling yeah that we want to try and include in it so will this be an in-person troupe or will it be a hybrid where there's some online stuff as well We'll probably do both. We probably will do both, do online and in person when, we, when we're allowed. Yeah. Awesome. Now, I just want to ask you about when you're in a scene and for whatever reason, you get a brain freeze or some people call it brain fog, where you're just, you're just, you're not able to think of something to say or you just get completely lost in a moment. Do you have any techniques for when you get stuck like that? I've always got my notebook next to me with different letters of the alphabet. Uh, okay. So I've always got the alphabet on it. So I'll just sit there, put my finger on it, look at what letter it is, and think of the first word that comes to my head. Uh, even if even if it's just, I land on the letter S and I say sausages. <laughs> and it might not even, sausages might not even be, rel- it might not be to do with the, subject yeah. that we're talking about or i just go um 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 because you're still then speaking yeah because i also do a lot of creative writing and one of the things that they teach you to do in that is if you get brain fog then you get you still put pen to paper and just do dots oh good i've not so heard that before go, interesting yeah so you go in um 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 is still you're still talking you're still making your brain think ah yeah it's, it's a good way to think so with the, the technique of the, the notepad there, I know lots of people yeah. that have got little techniques for things that work for when they're doing online improv. How do you think you'll cope with that when you're not online and you're in real life? 
because again, I'll probably just do the um, 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 the but then I'd look, I'd still look around the room, or if we're in a park, I'd look around the park and say, even if out the corner of my eye, I see the ice cream van, I can be like, oh, ice cream van. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And it's still throwing, it might be a massive curveball for the situation that you're in or the subject matter that you're talking about, but it's still getting something out there. And sometimes the curveball is what makes the scene. Definitely. <laughs> it's it's the complete randomness of it sometimes. And I love it when someone has said something completely random and you can see in their face that they've even surprised themselves with what they've said. Yeah. <laughs> That's when you can get some really funny laughs. Uh, so I want to play a little word association with you now. So I will say okay. some words and you just say the first thing that comes to your head based on okay. what I say. Improv online. Fun. Zoom. Hectic. Live audience. Amazing. Time zones. Doesn't bother me. Puns. Fair enough. Improv troupe. Love to be in one. Long form. Let's go for it. Short form. Let's go for it. LCI. Liverpool Comedy Improv. Emma Bird, the best. <laughs> so it's nice to hear you've said Liverpool Comedy Improv, you said the best. Have you been expanding your horizons and getting involved in other improv? Yeah, uh, I've um, Yeah, well, I'm doing Glossip. And I've also done a couple of the matinees with Extreme Improv okay, online cool. as well. How how do you find the Extreme Improv stuff compared to the LCI stuff? Because they're quite different. Yeah, it is quite different, but I have bought David Postansky's book. So I've had a good read of that and read a lot of the different games that he does. But it is quite fast-paced, and the people on there are a lot more advanced than I am at improv, but they're so they become part of your family. Yeah. They they don't mind what stage you're at in your improv journey. Even if it's your first ever time, they'll still include you. Yeah, awesome. And how do you cope in situations, especially with something like extreme where it is so fast paced? How do you cope if you don't know a reference and you're gonna do a scene about something that, that you've got no idea about it? Well there was one the other day and I had to do a one-minute re- remake of um, American Beauty, the film, and okay. I've never seen it. So I just went. I just said whatever came into my head. And did it get a lot of laughs? Yeah. <laughs> and apparently, I wasn't that far off the actual truth. All right. With what I said. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> uh, so away from improv, where are you from? I'm from Southport. And. How close to Liverpool is Southport? It's about 22, 23 miles All right, north okay. of Liverpool. And have you always been quite funny? Were you always the funny one in the family? No, my granddad was. And then obviously I took, when I started doing my drama and stuff as a kid, it just all came from there. Yeah. And did you have a, a point in your life so you said you were into it when you were younger and then you kind of got back into it when you were older how many years were you not sort of involved in performing um I stopped performing when I was 18 so 
and then it was only last year that I started it again. Okay. Um, and when you're not improvising online, how else do you fill the time during this past year? I've been doing a lot of courses with the Life Rooms, which is a charity based in Liverpool for it's run by Mersey Care, which run the mental health side of the NHS, okay. the Mersey side. And they've been doing lots of different courses. They've been doing music courses. Obviously, they've been doing improv courses. Yeah. They've been doing, as I call them, the clinical side of courses, which are like understanding depression, mental health Monday, understanding anxiety, talking about the five ways to well-being. And then I've also just been doing a online course that I found in sign language. Oh, wow. Interesting story about sign language. Uh, one of my uh, best friends in life met his wife in a sign language class. My best friend is registered deafblind. Ah. So, but she has got vision at the moment, so she can sign. She can, st- she can lip read and everything and she can yeah. hear because she's got hearing aids. But eventually everything's going to go. So at least if I know the basics for sign language now, when her sight goes completely, then we can um, teach me the touch language. Oh, wow. Awesome. And uh, my friend that met his wife in sign language class, my instant response to that was, oh, well, it must have been a sign. (laughs) (sighs) (laughs) Sorry. I had to get get that in there. Um, So when when you were younger, what sort of shows were you into? TV shows? A lot of the shows that I watched when I was younger, believe it or not, were medical stuff. Okay. Like Casualty, Holby City. I still watch them all now because I wanted to be a nurse when I was younger. And then, unfortunately, my mental health took a plummet towards the floor. Oh. And I wasn't able to concentrate in school or get the grades I needed to go and do it all. And is that something that was a, a long-term issue for you to deal with? Because it, it seems yeah. that you're on top yeah, of it I'm now. Still, I'm, well, I'm, funnily enough, I am still battling with depression and anxiety now. Okay. But to look at me, you wouldn't think it. Yeah. But then it's what's known as one of the hidden disabilities. Yeah. And... So I am still dealing with stuff, but keeping myself busy and being able to do things that I love that make me smile helps and improv's one of them. And if if there's anyone out there that's in a similar position to you with with anxiety and depression, what advice could you give them? Things that have helped you to sort of get to the point that you're at and, and deal with things the way you have distract a lot of distraction techniques find something that you love and also go and seek medical help professional help because it's the it's the best thing I ever did was go and get professional help they sorted me out the right medication I've had talking therapies I've got I've had CBT and the help is out there just I know a lot of people don't want to reach out but do it. And what was the catalyst for you to reach out and get that help? Uh, Domestic violence. Okay. Uh, Thank you for sharing. It's all right. 
Um, I asked you about watching things when you were younger and you mentioned watching lots of uh, medical dramas. Did you watch a lot of comedy as well or not so much? I used to watch Whose Line Is It Anyway a lot when I was younger because the old, the old ease are just the, the classics are just the best because you can laugh forever. Yeah. And then it was also t- put as one of our tasks for homework when I did my GCSEs because I did drama as a GCSE oh, yeah. and we got tasked to watch I think it was five episodes we had to watch because awesome. um, that because the next class that we were going to do was all on improv. And one of the games that I remember from that is where we'd, we'd pushed all the tables to the back of the room and just sat around on, on chairs yeah. and we'd put something as simple as a pencil in the, front, in the middle of the circle and you had to try and name as many things as you could in a minute for what that could be. Oh, wow. So it wasn't just a pencil. It could be a broom handle. It could be a comb. It could be a pair of tweezers. It could be a toothbrush. It could be a typewriter. So with Whose Line, did you watch the the British version or the American or both? I think I've watched both. And when you watch, do you have a favorite performer? No, I don't think I do. They're all just... They all just make me giggle. And is is there any of them, or are there any of them that you feel that, oh, I'm most like that one as an improviser? No, because each person's unique and each person's style on a scene is different. Yeah. So I can't say that, oh, well, I'm like this person or I'm like this person or, oh, that's me, oh, that's me, sort of thing. So... so- so how would you describe your style of improv? I just go with the flow. So if someone turns around to me and says, I hate you in a scene, I'll be like, whoa, what have I done? <laughs> or I can take offense and be like, well, I hate you as well and start like a confrontation. Yeah. And is there an element of your improv that you think, oh, that's the thing I need to work on the most? Definitely giving people, other people the room to talk when I'm in a scene. Okay. And are you, are you ever concerned about doing something and you're like, oh, this isn't, this isn't funny. People aren't going to laugh. Or are you comfortable just thinking, oh, yeah, this has actually turned into a bit of a serious scene and that's fine? Well, there was one the other night when we were doing characters and... The character I did, I made a choice to do this character. And after I'd done it and after we'd finished the session, I was like, I really shouldn't have done that character. So I messaged Emma and said, was I okay doing this? What Should I have done it or not? Because in my head, it felt like I was being discriminative towards certain people. And she said, try and steer away from it. But on this one occasion, because you'd already started it, yeah, I had to carry on with it. Yeah, it's a, it could be a weird thing sometimes. So, I I am a a big character person. I love characters, and I love accents in particular. And I'll often dip into accents, but then sometimes I will just sort of check myself and think, oh, m- maybe that accent would be deemed racist. But so it's an interesting yeah. area because why would one accent be deemed okay and another accent be deemed racist? 
I don't know, see, mine wasn't more, mine wasn't an accent, it was the actual character choice itself, how the character was portrayed. And I thought, well, hang on a minute, because if I'm portraying this person, somebody that's like that might be put off doing improv if they'd seen this in real life. Yeah, and it it can be a minefield at times, because I think, I think whatever choice someone makes in a scene, there is probably at least one person in the world that could find a way to take offence to it. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think the main thing is, as a community, you know, people are very supportive in our community. And if people do offend, I think the majority of the time it's it's accidental. Yeah, that's I, I get that. Because it's like if I... I know if I tried to do a Welsh accent, you'd tell me to kind of gay. <laughs> I know Welsh. <laughs> ben de Gedig. I only know Kaidi Gay. <laughs> so how did you learn that? I dated a guy that was Welsh. Oh, okay. Uh, and he, kept, he kept saying it to me and I went, what? And he went, well, you just shut up. <laughs> I went, fine. So a lot of people listening to this perhaps won't know that I'm Welsh because I do not have a Welsh accent at all. I do not sound Welsh, but I am Welsh. I'm from North Wales and uh, lots of people from where I'm from. Don't really sound Welsh. It's just the way it is. <laughs> but um, it was funny once. I I was in a scene and I did a Welsh accent, and I think someone had commented that my my accent was a bit racist towards the Welsh, to which it had to be pointed out to them that it's it's okay. He's actually Welsh. Yeah. <laughs> It's like sometimes with me, because I am so close to Liverpool, occasionally if I've spent a lot of time with people in Liverpool, I yeah. will get a slight a slight scouse twang. And even then I think that I'm being racist towards people from Liverpool. Yeah. And the with the Liverpool accent, the there's people so like some people would hear your accent, for example, and say, oh, yeah. she's a scouser. But then when you hear someone from like the center of Liverpool and you're like, oh, no, that's a scouser. And like just the further away from the center you get. Yes, there is that twang, as you said, but it sort of gets diluted. Yeah. Even even into North Wales. So from where I'm from in North Wales, just just over the river, really over the River Dee, uh, you can see the Wirral from where I grew up and even in Wales, a lot of people from where I live, they have got a, a Scouse twang. Yeah. Well, it, it the Scouse twang goes all the way to Skemsdale, and that's West Lanx. That's classed as West Lancashire. All right. <laughs> so, <laughs> it, so you've taken yourself even out of Merseyside, and it's closer to Wigan than it is Liverpool, but yet they've still got the Scouse twang. <laughs> so when when you perform are you conscious sometimes about changing your voice to to sound like someone else or do you not bother too much about trying to change your voice if i'm leading a scene i will sometimes change my voice or if someone's say someone's coming to a scene and they've gone mom <laughs> and portraying me as the mom yeah i'll raise my voice a little bit higher as though i'm an older lady going yes dear like a like that wishy washy mom yeah. voice that you can that people do. <laughs> and how do you feel about being endowed with someone that should have a strong accent? 
Like, for example, let's say someone said in a scene that, oh, you're from Birmingham. How would you feel about being in that situation? I'd try and do a Brummie accent, <laughs> but my Brummie accent turns scouse. Right. Give me an Irish accent and I could talk Irish all day to you. I could do it all day. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, how about Northern Irish? No, I can't do Northern Irish. <laughs> um, so in the world of comedy that's not necessarily improv, is there anyone that you love as a comedian? There's too many to think of. I love Russell Brand. And definitely Sarah Millican. Okay. And do you think that they influence your improv in any way or are they separate entities? No, to me they're separate because one's me watching it, I'm enjoying it, and one's me actually performing it. Yeah, okay. So do you have many moments where you surprise yourself in scenes where you're like, oh, wow, yeah, where did that come from? Definitely, especially if I'm in a scene and someone's endowed me with something and it's been a scene where I've thought, well, I've got this in my head, this is where I see this scene going, and then someone throws me a curveball and then I just go with the flow and it's like, whoa, they've given me that curl- curveball, where's this come from out of my brain? <laughs> <laughs> and just thinking about improv in general, what impact would you say improv has had on your life? It's actually made me a lot happier than what I have been. Okay. And it's actually helping me be able to do things in a daily life. Like I used to hate phoning like the gas company, the water board, whatever. Yeah. And I've now been able to do that because I can just pretend I'm a character. Oh, excellent. A scene and do it. So it's it's really had a positive impact on your yeah. life. Definitely. How different do you think your life would be if you hadn't discovered improv? I don't think I'd be able to do as much as what I can do now with making those phone calls or I'd make them, but it'd take me like three weeks to do a simple phone call that took five minutes. Yeah. Because I'd I'd ring the number, let it ring a couple of times. They're not answering, hang up. Wow. I've spoken a few times on this podcast about improv finding people at the right time rather than people finding improv. Yeah. Do you think that you were in that boat as well where improv found you when when you needed it? Definitely, because it wasn't because the first lockdown for me started in the March and it wasn't until the May that I actually started doing anything improv wise again right. and so I'd gone those two months with watching sitting here watching telly twiddling my thumbs so and it just it was when I got that phone call and they said do you want to take part in this I was like go for it put me down send me the details yeah awesome and because it was people that I knew even though they'd been doing it since the march themselves yeah they still made me feel part of their little group as well so it was good excellent and do you think having these friends that are virtual friends is something that is just going to be embraced more and more in in the future because 
I'm in the same boat. You know, I've got so many friends from the last year that are people I haven't met in person, but I consider them really close friends. Yeah, definitely, definitely, because um, me and San have already spoke about when we can when lockdown's lifted that wherever we can get to to meet up, even if it means the pair of us traveling on a train, yeah, to meet someone and get in someone's car to then travel to somewhere else to have a to meet up and do improv together, then we'd do it. Yeah, and do you think? that your style if you were to go back and, and do it in in real life do you think you'd have to change your style a little bit or do you think the way that you do it online will sort of be fine no I think at first I might be a bit nervous about knowing when to jump into scenes yeah and everything but if someone says tagging Jojo I'd be fine because I'd just okay. jump in then but it's like when it's knowing when to come in with scenes and stuff as well. Yeah. And just thinking of the scenes that you've had, it's often hard to remember the scenes that we have in improv because we have so many. Are there yeah. any that really stand out to you over the last year where you where they were just particularly funny or particularly poignant or you felt that, yeah, I really nailed that scene? Not for myself, but like the, there was one with San and I still can't, I still giggle at it now when I know she mentioned it in her podcast as well about when we were doing the alliteration game and she said, instead of saying Lido, she said libido. Yeah. <laughs> so I think everyone laughs at that now. Yeah. Uh, is there anything that you think, oh yeah, when people think of that, they'll think of me? I don't think so. Not at the moment anyway. Okay. Is there I anything? The, I hope there would be. Is there is there anything that you're sort of cultivating, thinking, yeah, that that's my niche. That's, for example, a lot of people when they think of me, they think of puns. So, is it is there like an element of improv that you think that maybe not yet, but some point soon they'll think, oh yeah, when they think of that sort of thing, they'll think of me. Not at the moment, because obviously I am still getting used to all the different aspects of it and yeah, wanting to grow, growing the whole improv world and stuff. And are you someone that relies on sort of your natural instincts or are you the sort of person that likes to study it a lot? A bit of both. A bit of both. I have been known to be a visual learner. Yeah. But then at the same time, in when I was in college studying, my notebooks were full of doodles <laughs> because I took it all in yeah. by doodling. So, but I can only learn from others. As yeah well. so it's good that i can i'm in a position now where i'm learning from other people yeah i think that's great to be able to play with others and watch others and just get a real sort of cross-section of all the different people that are involved and sort of you just absorb things naturally don't you from watching others yes. and playing with others awesome so i just want to give you an opportunity to Tell us where people can find you on social media should they wish to improvise with you at some point. I'm on Facebook under Jojo Ross. It's a new one that I've made. So just for improv. So Jojo Ross. Find me there. And in our little chat before we actually started recording this, I discovered that Jojo is actually a relatively new name for you that we call you. 
It is. It's actually come from my best friend's boys. They're 10 and 8, and they call me Auntie Jojo. Ah. So that's where it's come from. So, and it's also because when I was doing one of the classes with Emma online, um, there was a male Joe that turned up, and with it being his first, I decided to rename myself Jojo because I can be known as that as well. <laughs> so it's crazy because to me you're Jojo, but I introduced yeah. you at the start as Joe, and this is going to be going out as Joe. Uh, so that's like a new thing for me to get my head around. Yeah, because <laughs> I'll go away from this, and you'll just be back to being Jojo. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so well, there we go. A great interview. Thank you very much for doing the podcast. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. It's been an absolute delight to talk to you, and I look forward to improvising with you again soon. Well. Okay, take care. Well, thank you so much to Joe, or should I say Jojo, for that fantastic chat. I really love that people feel comfortable to come on to the podcast and just open up about all things improv and life. And I love giving people this platform to have their story told. Now, if you are interested in getting into improv or are already involved in improv and want to try a different improv scene, then all the info you need can be found at www.liverpoolcomedyimprov.co.uk. You can also check us out on Facebook by searching for Liverpool Comedy Improv and on Twitter and Instagram we are at Live Comedy Improv. If you're a member of the LCI community and you would like to be a guest on the show, then please get in touch with me or with Emma Bird and we will make arrangements as soon as possible. Don't forget if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a five-star rating and review because that will help us give a big boost to the show and really help get us out there if you want to check me out on social media i'm at ian luke jones on youtube instagram and twitter i'm just ian luke jones on facebook on my youtube there's all sorts of content on there so check that out because every monday and wednesday there's definitely new, new content and you never know when there's going to be some improv videos dropped on there as well and in today's chat with Jojo, there was some talk about improv troops. I just want to give a quick shout out to some improv troops that were born out of Liverpool Comedy Improv. There's Boss Birds. I want you to go check them out on social media and see all the wonderful things they're doing in the improv world. Broken Chair, another great troupe born out of Liverpool Comedy Improv. And we spoke to Ange a few weeks back. She's a member of Broken Chair. Check them out. And there's my group called the Oikers. Uh, which was born out of Liverpool Comedy Improv. We've had uh, many an oika on this podcast before and we're excited about our future, so give the oikas a check out on Facebook as well. And that pretty much brings us to the end today. I hope you've enjoyed this episode as much as I have enjoyed bringing it to you. But before I go, as always, I have some words for you that are wise, wise, wise. Always remember that whatever the situation to treat life like improv and yes and